So for those of you who have been with us over the past few weeks, you know that we've been in this series, okay? Um, God is fill in the blank, okay? And, and what we've been doing is we've been looking at this conversation that God had with Moses all the way back in Exodus chapter 3. And before I get into Exodus chapter 3, I did it again. I forgot to dismiss our middle schoolers. They are in the back waving their hands. Y'all, middle schoolers are now dismissed for their time together to go with their teachers. They're going to have some time of learning while we have our time of learning this morning. Then we'll see them right after the service. So T, Chris, Autumn, thank you so much. Okay, so we have been going through Exodus chapter 3. And in this story... You may remember, Moses asks God, who are you? Right, who, who are you? See, God wants to send Moses to the Egyptians to liberate the Israelites from slavery, from captivity. So Moses asks God, who do I say you are? Like, God doesn't really have a name up to this point. Nobody know, really knows, uh, you know, a, a lot about who God is. And so he asked God, and God says this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. This is what God says to Moses. He says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, in this phrase, what we've been saying is that we find a lot of things out about God. So let's catch up where we've been in the past two weeks, okay? Let's review the big words that we've learned that help us understand God a little bit more. Because that's what we're after in this series. Filling in that blank God is in the hopes that I can get a grasp of who God is and grow in my relationship with God. And we've been saying God wants us to know who he is. God wants to be known. He wants us to draw close to his presence. So in this name, what we find is we find that he is omnipresent. We talked about that in the first week. And that means that he is anywhere and everywhere. He has always been and he will always be. And then we also talked last Sunday about God being omnipotent, right? This means that he has all authority. It, this means that there is nothing that God can't do. We need to understand when it comes to omnipotent just how big and powerful and mighty God is because we need him to be that type of God. If we don't believe that he is big and mighty, then we're really not going to trust him with our lives like we should, right? So we need him to be these things. So today, I'm going to give you another big word to put in your arsenal, okay? Here you go. All right. This word is omniscient. Omniscient. Whew, that's a big one. That's a $20 Christian word right there, okay? That's big time. Here's the definition of being omniscient. It's having unlimited knowledge, awareness, or understanding. This simply means that God knows everything, okay? That there is nothing that God doesn't know. Now think about this for a minute. This fact that God already understands, he already knows, this means a few things. For, for starters, this means that God never makes a new discovery. I mean, think about this for a minute. When I was growing up and I was in school, I hated Hated the days in school when they made us watch the documentaries. You know when they would roll in. Y'all remember when they used to roll in the tube TV and they put the VCR tape in? And I was like, oh, this is going to be so boring. And you're trying to stay awake the whole time. Now that I'm older, I love documentaries. Don't you? Like I love, I learn so much. I learn about sharks, about World War II, about space, all these types of that. So much, so many of the times when I watch something, I'm like, I, I never knew that happened, or I never knew that could happen. Right now, God doesn't watch the Discovery Channel. Okay, He doesn't ever. This just kind of blows my mind. He never makes a new 
discovery, right? His knowledge is complete, okay? It's, it's comprehensive. So not only does he never make a new discovery, another, another thing about God, too, when it comes to his knowledge, he's never surprised about anything. Nothing ever surprises God, which also amazes me because I seem to be shocked by so much in life. And a lot of times... I'm blown away by what I see posted on social media. Sometimes these little videos out there, I'll watch something and I'm like, no way, I cannot believe that happened. I'm always surprised at what I find. In fact, this past week I found this video that I wanted to show with y'all. Look at this. This video of this guy that was, how many of y'all saw this video? Have y'all seen this video? Okay, some of y'all have. He rescues this sloth that is out on the road. Now, I don't know if... I, I just I give it up to him for being willing to get out and and you know at least he has a towel and grab him and and put him and he places him in the tree for his safety and then lets him grab a hold he stays there to make gives him a little pet right there and then watch this sloth y'all watch watch what he does he reaches back as if to say thank you look at that look at that and then he comes back and now I love sloths right <laughs> how cute is that like when I saw that I was like. I'm shocked, like I am surprised that that happened. Who knew, right? But God never makes a new discovery. God is never shocked about anything. And you know what else? God never has questions. Nothing ever questions God. Nothing ever stumps God. There is no question that God doesn't have the answer to. And that's amazing because I seem like I've always got questions in life. In fact, I remember the time where I had the most questions in life was when my girls were little and I was trying to help them with their homework, okay? It only got to a certain point to where Shannon just had to take over. And y'all, there was a point where I realized that I am not smarter than a fifth grader. Do y'all remember that show, Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? I would not have made it past two questions. In fact, let me see if you're smarter than a fifth grader. See if you can figure this. Look, you've got homework problems on your message notes. Look at this. Look down below. I gave you some time here. I gave you a little space here to work something out. Let, let me see if you know this. What, here's your first question. Here, let's see if you're smarter than a fifth grader. Here we go. What is the least common multiple of 14 and 48? See if you can figure that out. All right. What is the least common multiple of 14 and 48? Talk amongst yourselves. Ask your neighbor. You can ask for help. It's okay. See if anybody around you knows this question. Uh, knows the answer. Okay. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you five more seconds. Five, four, three. Online, you can play two. Here we go. The answer is 336. Did anybody get that? Did anybody get that? Let me see. Raise your hand if you got that. Yeah, okay. All right. You know what my answer was? Two. <laughs> is that what you Christina's like, that's what I got, too. I got two. <laughs> We're wrong. We're wrong. <laughs> All right. Here's another question. Let's see if you're smarter than a fifth grader, okay? All right. Here we go. Your next question is, Name one country that borders both Germany and France. Go. You got a couple of seconds. Just one. I'm going to give you a hint. There's three. And no Google. Don't you pull out your phones. I'm watching you. There's three. I just need one. Give me one. Write down your answer. Talk amongst your family. See if you're smarter than a fifth grader. All right. Here we go. The answers could be Switzerland, Luxembourg, or Belgium. Did anybody get one of those? Let me see. Oh, there we go. Did anybody know more than one? You got two? Two? Did anybody get all three? Did anybody get all three? Ooh, nobody got all three, but some people got two. I'm impressed. Okay. 
How many of you got both of those problems that I just said wrong? Let me see. Raise your hands. Okay, it's okay. If somebody beside you raise their hand, turn to them right now and say, I still think you're smart. Go ahead, tell them. Give them some encouragement. It's okay. Now, just for fun, just for fun, I'm going to throw one out there. Here we go. Are you ready for this? Let's see if you're smarter. For those of you that got the first um, math question right, let's see if you're smarter than a 10th tenth grade. Here, tenth grader. Here we go. 3x... Minus 6 equals x squared minus 10. What is, give me the answer to this problem. You got some scratch paper? Turn, turn the message notes over if you need more room. What is the answer? How many of y'all are like me and you're like, I don't understand that sentence? Is that a real thing? Yes. You might as well be speaking a foreign language to me. I don't get this. Here's the answer. You can work it out later. It's either four or negative one. I have no, I don't even know what I just said, y'all. I'm one of those people, I look at this as 10th grade math, and I'm like, how did I ever graduate high school? How many of y'all have said that? Like, how, what were they thinking when they let me graduate? Oh, gosh. You see, here's where I'm going with this. God never makes a new discovery, okay? He's never shocked about anything, and he's never stumped. For the right answer. He knows everything. In fact, not only does he know everything, but he knows what's going to happen next. Remember what we've said. We, we've been talking about how God is already in the future. In fact, let me, let me teach you a few more terms, and these aren't on your message notes. This isn't in slides, but just one term is foreknowledge. Foreknowledge describes that, that God has an understanding about the future. Okay, basically this view means that God is present with us, but he's already ahead over us, and he has an advantage over us. He has a foreknowledge. He has an understanding of what will happen. But not only that, and this is what blows my mind, is that he also allows free will. So not only is he ahead of us and he knows what's going to happen, but he also works with us and allows free will to happen. When I try to understand that, it just blows my mind, and it shows just how mighty and powerful our God is. Let me give you a few more. Let me, uh, let me throw out a couple more words. He is also transcendent, which means that God transcends all time, matter, space. He is above everything. Another word, he's also imminent, which means that he is close up. He is personal. He is sustaining all things. Now, let's be honest. When we talk about things like this, it, it's really hard to get a grasp when it comes to God. And you know what? Honestly, I think this is a good thing because I want a God that I can understand. But on the other hand, I can't fully understand, right? Because he has to be that big. He has to somehow be in the future and coordinate all things, but also allow free will. Like, I, I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, I don't understand that. Like, that blows my mind. He has to be transcendent and above all things, and yet at the same time, eminent and personally involved in sustaining all things. Like, I get it, kind of. Right? It hurts my brain to try to figure it all out. And even though he is omnipotent, he has all authority, he is all powerful, he also, he also, scripture teaches us, he wants to be known. He wants us to know more about him, to get a, to get a little grasp, to get a grasp on who he is, because when we do, we draw closer to him and his presence. 
So when it comes to this omniscient God, the one who knows everything, let's dive into that. Let's go back to that story involving Moses just for a minute. What do you think about Moses? Think about where he is in this story, okay? He's, he's a shepherd at this point when God finds him. He has been a shepherd now for 40 years in Exodus chapter 3. He is 80 when God decides to visit him in this burning bush. Moses is well into the age of retirement and beyond when God comes to him with this new job description to go into Egypt and to free the Israelites. Y'all, this was probably the last thing on Moses' mind, right? He had no clue what to do. He had no clue what was being asked of him. He had no clue of what to expect next, but he's in luck because he is speaking to the omniscient God who does have all the knowledge, who knows everything, and who is with him. So let's talk about what that means, that God is omniscient, what that means for us, what that meant for Moses, what that means for us. Number one, if you got your message notes, let's go ahead and let's fill in some blanks. Those of you who are online, you can find the message notes on our app, and you can follow along as well. Because God is omniscient, this is what we know. Point number one, he knows where I need to be. He knows where I need to be. Okay, look at what he says to Moses. Here are the words that he says to Moses. Let's go to the next slide. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go. He's looking at Moses. He's talking to Moses. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. You see, when God gets involved in our lives, we've said that he wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. You see, I I firmly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. And let's be honest. He knows the best path for Moses. So when he looks at Moses, he tells him, now go. Very bluntly, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to be the one that's going to lead my people out of Egypt. That's where you need to be. Right? That's where you need to be heading. So think about your future for a minute. What does your future look like? What is your life going to look like in the next year? Like, like, where are you going to be, and and who are you going to be hanging around with? Where are you going to be working? Where are you going to be living in in just this next year? What about in 10 years? What do you think might change in 10 years? Maybe you got another degree by that time, or maybe if you're single, you're married, or maybe if you don't have any children or you've got children, you have another child coming up. Maybe you got a child that you're sending off to college and you're facing emptiness. What about in the next 25 years? Where do you see yourself? What is life going to be like? Maybe retirement. Tired on a Caribbean island? Yeah, sound pretty good. Okay, let's get back to reality. That's fun to think about. But maybe by then, the kids will be moved out of the house and you'll be turning their room into a game room. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it might happen, right? Maybe you'll be playing with the grandkids by that time and you'll be the one that sugars them up and then sends them home to their parents, right? You see, this year, 10 years 25 years, what you've got to understand about God, however great your plan looks, whatever you think is next for you, whatever you think is in your future, God's plan is better. I can guarantee that God has a better plan than you do. 
because he knows exactly where you need to be. The question isn't, does God have a plan for my life to bring him glory? The question is, am I going to follow it? Like, am I going to ask him? And Am I going to live into this God that has knowledge of everything and then trust him with that future? You see, I want you to know that we have the opportunity for this thing called the great exchange. I love this. Rick Warren puts this out. The the great exchange. We get to exchange our future good and okay plans for God's great plan. Think about Moses. Moses is doing just fine. He's living into his retirement. He he has got a, a good life. He's married. He's out in the country. He's doing his thing. He's 80 years old. He's like, I'm go. I'm doing okay. But then God comes in, and God's got a new plan for his future. And Moses was willing to lean into this omniscient God and say, God, I'm willing to exchange my okay plan for your great plan. And because he did, we're still talking about Moses today. The question is, are you willing to do that? So maybe you came in here today, you're under some stress about something that's happening in the future. Maybe you're just uncertain about a lot of things. Maybe we just need to take a breath, sit back and relax a little bit, and trust that God has the knowledge. He knows what's ahead, and he wants to take you there. He wants to get us where we need to be. How does he get us where we need to be? That brings us to point number two. Point number two is because we serve an omniscient God, he knows where I am. He knows where I need to be in the future. He knows where I am right now in the present, exactly what's happening in your life right here, right now, today. Look at what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. It says this, When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. God knew this day, this time, where Moses was going to be. God had a plan. And he took a hold of that. And he talks with me. You see, nothing takes God by surprise. He knows exactly where Moses is going to be. He knows that he can use this whole burning bush thing and have this dramatic biblical moment that's going to be so cool. And people are going to talk about this forever. And I'm going to use this present situation where you are. And we're going to have this moment where you're going to get to know a little bit more about me. And you're going to get to know the plans that I have for you. But God knows Moses. He knows him inside and out. And you know what? He knows exactly where you are too. And this is good because we need help each and every day. Okay, there really is only right now. We can't live in tomorrow. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. We can't live in the past. The past is already gone, right? What we need help with is the present. We need help today, right now. So you know what? That, That means that God knows the pressure you face. He knows exactly what you need to do today to accomplish his plan. And each day, God wants to do, what God wants to do is he wants to reveal the next step to you. Each day, the next step. Each day, the next step. So that we can be faithful to take that next step. As as a great theologian's NKOTB would say, step by step. Ooh, baby. Just making sure y'all are still awake. Okay. 
So this is how this works. You know I love using maps on my phone, and I don't know how many times I've said in life, how did we survive without maps on our phones, right? How in the world did we ever get around without somebody giving us turn-by-turn instructions, okay? Every time I go to Atlanta, you know, I just we just went up to the Braves game on Friday night, had a great time with the men of the church, and, you know, I have my... I had both the GPS on the car working and my phone working at the same time because it was shooting to my watch. I had three things going, telling me where I needed to go and where I needed to be. And, you know, when, I, when I'm driving through Atlanta, especially when I'm going through something like Spaghetti Junction, y'all know where that is and how difficult that can be to navigate around. It, what I need is the next step. Like, I don't need... Three turns from now, this is going to, no, 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 because I get confused, right? Just give me the next, what is the next turn? What am I looking for right now? And y'all, that's how God operates in our lives. He knows the destination. He already knows. He's already there. But when he's guiding us, he doesn't give us all of the map. He doesn't give us four turns ahead. No, because if he did, we would be confused, right? So what he does, he gets into our present everyday life. And he gives us daily turn-by-turn instructions that what that does is it aligns us to his will. He wants to show you those steps. He wants to help us grow and understand and develop us. So when we make it to that point, when we follow him each step along the way, we become the person that he wants us to be while we get to where we need to be, right? As we're trusting And we're following. And we're growing. You see, God did this with Moses. Moses tried to give him all kinds of excuses as to why he wasn't the best choice. And y'all, the the people that know this story, you know what I'm talking about. He goes back to God and he's like, listen, God, God, I can't do this, right? When I go to talk to Pharaoh, one of his excuses was, they're not going to believe me. Why would they believe me? Why would they have anything to do with me, the shepherd guy out there? I've been gone from Egypt forever. Why would they even give me a chance? So God says, listen, listen, listen. Here's your next step. Moses, this is what I want you to do. I want you to throw your rod down on the ground. And when Moses threw his rod down on the ground, it became a snake. And when he picked it up, it went back to being a rod. How many of y'all, when he threw that rod down, would you pick up the rod? <laughs> I saw that snake, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> but he picked it right back up and went back to being a rod. So then he gives him another step. He says, listen, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you these things so that you can show Pharaoh, so that you can show everybody that I'm with you. He said, take your hand and put it in your pocket. And when you pull it out, you're going to have leprosy. But don't freak out because when you put your hand back in your pocket, it'll go away. And so Moses did this. And that was great for the next step. And then, and then he had another excuse. And Moses comes back to God and he's like, listen, I, I, those are great miracles. That's really cool. And all, but I'm not a great speaker. And I know you got this whole thing planned and this whole talk that's going to start with let my people go. And, you know, Charlton Heston is going to make this a big deal in the future. And he's like, I'm not so sure if I'm ready for that big speech yet. I'm not so sure if I'm ready to stand in front of the Pharaoh and all his minions and everybody else. And so God looks at him and says, okay, okay, okay. Here's your next step. Go get Aaron. Aaron, your family member, Aaron, he's going to help you. And he's going to speak for you so that he can help you get to where you need to be. I love this. Every step along the way, God is like, come on, come on. Tell me something else about yourself that you think that I don't already know. 
God's like, I'm ready because I know exactly where you are right now. He knows where you are, and he knows the next step you need to take. He's just waiting for you to ask. Now, why do we ask? Why do we have to ask? Like, if God already knows, and he's already got a plan, and he's omniscient, he knows where I need, why doesn't God just tell me? It's because when we ask God, what that does is it places us in a humble position before God. It's basically when we come to God and we ask him for that next step, for that guidance, realizing that he knows and we don't, we are saying, I humble myself before an omniscient God. And I'm asking. I'm asking for your next step. Proverbs 3 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he's going to show you which path to take. So here's what I would suggest. Each day, each day, make a commitment. Each day, maybe make a recommitment. Maybe each day pray and say, God, less of me and more of you. That's what Paul did in Scripture. Less of me, more of you. I surrender to you. I commit this day to you, God. I'm going to seek after you. Would you please show me the steps I need to take? Because we serve an omniscient God. He knows where you need to be. His plan is better than yours. He knows where you are right now. He knows the next step that you need to take today. And he also knows, point number three, he knows where I've been. The omniscience of God, let's not forget this. He knows where I've been in life. He knows my past. He knows what's happened to me. And how this relates back to Moses, look at what Moses says. Moses protested to God. He says this, who am I, in chapter 3, verse 11, he says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead my people out of, Israel, out, of, out of Egypt? Now, the reason I think that he is saying, who am I, is because Moses is probably thinking of the stuff he's done in his, in his past. Do y'all know? Do y'all know what Moses did in his past? Do you know that when he was 40 years old, he killed a man in Egypt? He killed somebody. Not only did he commit murder, then he tried to cover it up. And he must not have done a good job with it because people are talking about it. That's why he's out in the wilderness. That's why he ran. That's why he married this family and became this shepherd way far away from Egypt. He built a new life. He started something new. He didn't want to go back in the past and bring all that junk back up. So when God comes to him and says, here's my plan, here's where I want you to go, it's no wonder that Moses gave excuses. It's no wonder he wasn't thrilled about it. He was like, who am I? He's probably looking around and going, you must be talking to so You can't be talking to me. Do you know what I've done? You see, some of us, when it comes to God's plan, his knowledge of what he has in store for us, we we don't really trust God's plan for the future because we can't get over our past. We can't trust God with our past. Because if God really is omniscient and he knows what's coming and he knows where I am today, well, then he really knows where I've been. And he's not going to want to have much to do with me. There are some of the things 
some things in life that you probably brought into church this morning that you wish God didn't know about you, but you know he does. And you know what I say? There are so many stories in the Bible. Every story in the Bible illustrates how much God loves us, even though we've had a sketchy past. You got the prophet Hosea, who loved his wife, even though her past was filled with infidelity. God said, this is how I love my people, just as you love your wife. You got the father welcoming the prodigal son, even though he turned his back on his father, ran away from him, squandered all that inheritance. The father still loved him and came running after him. Jesus forgave Peter and loved him, even though Peter left him in his moment of need and denied him those three times. You see, every story in the Bible They are incredible reminders of how God will receive us and love us and welcome us back, even though he knows what we've done in the past. In fact, something amazing happens that just blows my mind. When we ask God to forgive our past, look, I want to share with you what the Bible teaches us. It actually teaches us that he chooses not to remember those past sins. Look at this. God says, I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. I love this idea of an omniscient God that knows everything, who chooses to forgive, and not just to forgive, but to erase, and not just to erase but to not remember. How does a God who knows everything, who remembers everything, how does he choose not to remember? And yet this is what he does with our past, praise God. Right? He knows, but yet he forgives. And that doesn't stop him from knowing where you are today and what he has planned for you next. What you have to do is you have to accept that love and forgiveness from him. And that's good news that we have. So maybe this morning you came in here today heavy with the fact, now that I've brought it up, that you've got some things in your past and it troubles you. This idea of a God that knows everything, it just really doesn't sit well because of the things that have happened. The good news is is that if you ask for forgiveness, he promises to erase all of that. And it doesn't prevent him from being with you now and having a plan for your future. Or maybe today you came in here realizing that you need a new, fresh start with God. Maybe you're ready to trust that God knows exactly where you need to be. And maybe today is a day that you say, you know what, I'm going to lean into him. And I'm I'm not going to settle for my good plan. I am going to settle for God's better plan. I'm going to trust that his plan is better than anything that I could ever think of or dream of. Or maybe you're here today and you realize that you can't even think about tomorrow or yesterday. Because today is all you can handle. You brought in so much here today and today you're feeling all this pressure right now. If you trust him, trust him to know that he is presently with you. And if you ask him, Proverbs says that he'll direct your path and he'll give you the next step you need to take this day. You see, he's got a plan and a purpose for every person. He is present with us. His power has been made available to us. He knows exactly where you've been, where you are, 
where you need to be because we serve an omniscient God. Let's pray together. God, it's good sometimes just to sit and marvel at how big and how mighty and how powerful you are. God, we realize we cannot begin to fully grasp your glory. But we also understand that you want us to know more of you personally. God, that you give us these ways to, to, to grow closer to you so that we can know who you are. And you promise that when we do, when we try to understand more of you, you promise to draw us close and to guide us. So God, I'm thankful that you're all-knowing, that you already understand the future. So I pray that you will guide each one of us into your will. God, help us to be obedient. I'm also thankful, God, that you know exactly what's going on in our lives right now, that you are presently involved with us. So God, as your prayer says, God, would you just give us our daily bread? God, we pray, we ask for daily bread. We surrender we give our lives to you each and every day. And God, while we're at it, we're just thankful that you're willing to forgive and you're willing to erase our past mistakes. God, you know what we've done. And you know we need forgiveness. God, we thank you that you promised that when we come to you and we ask for forgiveness, that you will forgive that past sin. And because of that, God, we want to live for you. So God, just thank you for all of that. God, I thank you for this church. God, we thank you that we serve an all-present, all-powerful, and all-knowing God. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.